0: Our life is a family where God has been more than able, and I wondered at times. I wondered because it all didn't match up. I couldn't make it all make sense. I was scared. I was concerned. It just wasn't going to be makes. It just couldn't make it make sense. And time and time again, God has been more than able, and I, time and time again have been unable out of myself. Anyone else have had that experience? Grateful for God's presence. And part of that, me not being able, I worry sometimes. Do we have any worriers in here? Mm. Y'all are are trying to be, "Mm, no, we're in church, we do not worry. But we're thinking about what happened last week, and we're concerned about that, and we're worried about what's happening next week. I was about, this may be way more information than you want to know. But I mean, it's online. I'm just putting it out there. I was talking to someone right before I walked in the bathroom and said, "I'm worried I'm going to forget to turn this off." <laughs> See, we worry. We worry about things. Worry is part of what we do. And at the core of worry is this part about, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, what if. It's this, it's this concern, this worry. We have been spending the month of September focused on first. God first. Putting God first. Putting our treasure, where our heart is. And we've been focused on Matthew 6. Matthew 6 is found in what we call Sermon on the Mount. When it says in Matthew 5, 1, that Jesus went up on the mountain top, on the mountainside, and he sat down and he taught the disciples. Going up on a mountain... Reminds us of Moses. Sitting down to teach is part, that is how a rabbi, how a teacher would teach. Not standing up like this, but sitting down. And he taught his disciples, not just then, but now. And he's been teaching us through Matthew 6, teaching us about what is our motivation in our actions and who we put first about mastering money isn't about mastering our money it's about knowing our master and that the treasure principle is about that we want to align what our values what our desires are with how we use our resources time and money And so we come to the end of Matthew 6 today, and it's this beautiful explanation that also has a way of tapping at us. Maybe going, ooh, I don't know. Maybe stepping on some of our toes even. Our God has a way of doing that. Because our God is radical. His love is radical. His grace is radical. And his teachings and his words are radical. They change us. They transform us. They change and transform our world. And today, we're going to focus on a concept called First Things First. Stephen Covey had it as one of his seven habits of highly effective people. It was habit number three, or it still is, habit Number three, first things first. And we're going to focus as we read Matthew six twenty-five through 34, we're going to focus on how Jesus outlines in those verses how to put first things first. First, I'm going to read it. I, I heard y'all, some of y'all thought that was funny. Some of y'all are not sure what to do with me yet. Here we go, Matthew 6, starting with verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you be worrying? it's um, It's interesting in here, Jesus asks a couple of questions. Uh, Jesus is such a great question asker. Have you ever noticed that? People will be like, I've got a question, Jesus. That's not exactly how they say it, but that's how it plays out. And Jesus goes, oh, but I've got a question for you. He's a great teacher. And he asks a couple of questions in the here, and it's kind of rhetorical. Here are some of the questions he asked. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Are you not much more? valuable than the birds of the air can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life why do you worry about your clothes the word worry appears multiple times in these verses in fact three times he tells us do not worry who in here is it finds it effective when someone says do not worry you're like got it i'm not gonna worry anymore And then I worry, why did they say that to me? It's like this vicious cycle. And yet, Jesus isn't being sarcastic with us. He explains why we should not worry. Do not worry, he says. When we think about about first things first, about living our lives, following Jesus, about first things first we need to remember that putting first things first is about addition not subtraction it's about addition not subtraction because what he tells us when we think when we think of the concept of worry worry doesn't add anything i want to know if you have had worry add something good to your life please raise your hand oh good no one said it It doesn't add anything, it takes away. Worry takes away. Now, let's call it what it is. There is anxiety as well, and there is clinical anxiety that some of us deal with day in and day out. And that clinical anxiety, that anxiety, is, some of us are genetically predisposed. Some of us have had life experiences that cause the anxiety to be heightened. And then we have this turmoil in our minds over and over We speak those things of, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? And it is over and over again. Do not hear Jesus' words as those words of condemnation for those of us who struggle with anxiety. And yet each and every one of us are challenged by worry. And what Jesus says is it did not add anything. Jesus came to add to our lives, not subtract. And we need to be aware of those places in our life where worry drives us. Where is it? Because by seeking God first, seeking God first adds, it doesn't Subtract. And part of this concept that we hear in these verses is about trusting God. Because trusting God is core to putting first things first. What if I said this? That worry is about not trusting God. Anybody wince a little bit? Like, whoa. Whoa worries about not trusting God but let's be honest there have been things in our lives that have happened there are experiences that we've had and we want to go come on God where are you I don't get it this doesn't add up where are you God how do I trust that I'm not sure because I can't make it all work and what does Jesus say you got little faith is isn't condemnation. That is a reminder of where do we put our faith? Where do we put our trust? Do we put our trust in ourselves that we're going to figure this all out? That we're going to make it all work, whatever it is? There are parts of our stories that just aren't going to make sense. Not now. Hopefully one day. But trusting God in the midst of those Times. It's part of putting first things first. It's part of seeking God each and every day. It's about trust. And some of us have trust issues. Some of y'all are like, you got that right. And so we confuse our struggles of trusting people with trusting God. Some of us have been church hurt. You're here, and you're like, I'm not sure about being here because this didn't work out last time very well. Trusting God is different than trusting people. See here, God is trustworthy. It doesn't mean it's going to all make sense there's gonna be heartache, there's gonna be loss. That's gonna be part, that's part of our humanity, of our stories. Yet our God is trustworthy. The challenge is, are we willing to release to him? Are we willing to let go? Are we willing to say, I don't know how this all works out, God, but I believe in you and I trust you and I have faith. And I was reminded in preparing for this about some times in my life where it just didn't work out the way I wanted. I'm a cancer survivor. And there are times that, because cancer, you can't lump us all together in one group. Our experiences are very different. And so there are times that people will say, well, my mom got the good cancer, or I got the good cancer, and I'm like, good for you, because I didn't. And so the scans didn't always come back the way we wanted. It wasn't that our God didn't love us. And there were those moments when it, it was hard. We just had to go, God, I don't understand this to trust you i believe in you because you aren't dependent on circumstances your god you're our god no matter what i remember when we started the cancer journey i went into like operational mode because that's what we do right and i thought okay we're gonna focus on these three things this is how we're gonna live this out you know i was like in charge i got this this cancer thing i've got i didn't have But one of the things was one of the guiding principles for me in those early days is we're going to be faithful no matter what. And that no matter what scared me. How are we going to be faithful no matter what? I want to be faithful and it's all going to work out the way I want. And that's that trusting God, putting first things first, that our God is first. So we've got this first things first, and by putting God first, it means that we're going to add, not take away. It means that we're going to trust our God no matter that we have some evidence that life is hard. And another part of this is our priorities. It's the obvious thing. I mean, when you think of Stephen Covey, it's about your task. How are you going to complete your task? How do we do that? You prioritize. You prioritize. I've been working with a time management coach over the past year, and it's just not been about making sure I get my tasks done. It's about looking at what God's purpose is in my life and making sure that I am living that out by my decisions, by how I do put things on my calendar. And One of the things she has taught me, and I've told her, I was like, what you teach me is not rocket science but it feels pretty amazing some of the things she says, And one of her her statements that she uses is every yes means a no. And so when we prioritize, when we say yes to something, if we say yes to God, God, we're going to seek you first, then there are going to be some no's that go along with that. We can't do it all or be all or have everything. It's not what we're created for. We're created for a relationship with God and prioritizing. It's what Jesus says. In fact, I'm not even sure I can say it without it appearing to come from the King James Version, and I have no idea why. But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Like that's our goal. That is first things first. Seek what? god his kingdom not just my next thing but god's kingdom which is bigger than anything this world can give us we're going to seek god's kingdom first and his righteousness and i'm like whoa righteousness is a big word what does that mean it means god's will it means as we walk through life, as we consider, am I going to do this? Is our family going to do this? Are we going to give this? Are we going to serve here? What is God's kingdom vision? And what's God's will? Not what I want, but what I have found is that God's will is pretty cool. It's beyond anything I can imagine. I can limit myself so much God doesn't limit us and then you may say well how do I know what kingdom vision is and what God's will is think about the relationships in your life the people that mean the most to you do you spend time with them like my husband and I like we we can almost look at each other now in situations and be like oh I know what he's thinking I know what I know what I know because we spent time together we've made decisions together being in scripture is invaluable to understanding god's kingdom vision and god's will i don't have to go i wonder how i know about god's will the bible it's a good place to start prayer, having conversation with God, being in groups that are focused on Scripture and the Holy Spirit so that we can talk these things out where we go, I think this is what God's saying. I'm not exactly sure. And then through these groups, our groups, we have this opportunity to ask questions. Is that, do you think that's what God's saying? What do you think? And someone say, you know, I read in Scripture This. Like priorities, prioritizing, seeking God first. God's kingdom, God's righteousness, God's will. And then, how Jesus ends Matthew 6 says, Don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough to worry about tomorrow. You're like, Oh, good. I thought we were helping with the worry. It's called 24-hour living. 24-hour living gives first things first a container, like structure, that I'm to live in this 24 hours. There are those sitting here or online today that you have been thinking about what happened last night. You've been worrying about what happened two weeks ago or what happened 10 years ago or you're concerned about the decision of tomorrow and the days to come. And it doesn't mean by living in this 24 hours that we don't pay attention to planning and what comes next. It's that we live in this 24 hours because this 24 hours is enough. I love how our creator created night and day, 24 hours. I gotta stay in this 24 hours. I've shared this before. I loved to hike, and back in May, I went on a hike, and I, it was Sugarland Mountain Trail. It comes down from Newfound Gap into Laurel Falls, and I took pictures, and I shared it with those pictures with some folks, and one of them's a spiritual mentor, and when I shared the picture, she sent back these five words to me, be where your feet are. Like, we've been talking about being present in the moment, but all of a sudden it was like, "Bo, be where my feet are. I want, the, I want you right now to look at your feet. Just look at them. Good job. Some of y'all are doing it. Some of you are like, I am not doing that. Look at her. This is where our feet are. This is this 24 hours. Like, it's just this best object lesson of be where your feet are. I've got a picture up here. Those are my feet. (laughs) On the trail in Glacier National Park in June. And so it was not long after the spiritual mentor had said that be where your feet are. And so what I did during our 12-day trip where we would be, I'd take a picture of my feet. I love my husband. He never asked a question. (laughs) He didn't, I'd just stop and I'd be like, okay, we can go and keep going. Never ask a question. It was like this tangible way to remind myself to be where my feet are because I know my God is everywhere, but if I look at my feet, God, you are here. You are in this moment. I hear you say, do not worry. It doesn't add anything, Lord, but it would be where my feet are. I'm gonna trust you, Lord. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to seek your kingdom and your will. And you are with me in this moment. Be where your feet are. Be where our feet are. Seeking first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Seeking first God. Not just in September when we focused on, focus on first, but one day at a time, one moment at a time. When it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. When there are things that don't add up, that we trust our God because he is trustworthy. And we are worthy. We are his. No matter what we've done, not done, said, not said. He loves us so much. Seek first God. In all that we do. His vision, His kingdom, His will. And be where you are. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It's the presence of God. When we become aware of it, it is all inspiring. Seek first. God, let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, I thank you. I thank you that you're with us wherever we are, whether we're in worry or we're not in worry, that you are always with us and you call us through through the words we find in Matthew, that you call us to a place where you add to our lives that you are trustworthy, and we need to take those next steps in trusting you. That as we think about our lives, that we seek you first, Lord, you. Help us quieten the noise of the distractions that tell us otherwise. And Lord, may we be where our feet are, which is at your feet, at the feet of Jesus. Into your hands, may your will, that our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes,